and welcome to mini episode 221 of Real Life Ghost Stories and I have two spooky stories for you today and the last story comes from October the 14th 2022 and if you're thinking hang on a second I'm sure we were further on in the dates than that then you would be you would be right and also very astute basically I skipped episode 219 without realizing so we had to go back in time a little bit so story number one comes from Don. I was around 22 when the first incident came. I was sleeping and was in a very intense dream. I had a friend that was into drugs really bad and wasn't going to quit using anytime soon. There in my dream, I was at a funeral. When it came to pay my respects to the dead and the family, I recognized the person in the coffin. It was my friend. Bob was in the coffin looking skinny, sucked up, almost like he was a skeleton with skin. My boyfriend at the time was freaking out because he couldn't wake me. His daughter tried as well. I was screaming and crying uncontrollably and sweating. When they finally woke me up, I couldn't control my emotions at all. I just had to get to the phone and call my friend and see if he was okay. This was all at around 3am. I dialed the number to Bob and it started to ring. I knew he was awake and most likely at home. He was always awake. I waited what seemed like 10 minutes before his answering machine clicked on so I could leave him a message to call me immediately. After about an hour, I finally calmed down enough to tell my boyfriend what my dream was. He was shocked and he thought I was crazy. I didn't care. I just needed to hear my friend's voice and to make sure that he was okay. The phone rang. I quickly picked it up and said, Bob, is that you? He was shook a bit from the urgency in my message. He said my voice was a wreck and I was sounding deranged. I told him about my dream and he remained silent. I told him to say something and all he could say was, I would have to call you tomorrow. Thank you for the phone call and know that I am okay. Then just like that, he hung up the phone. The next morning, Bob called me and told me that he had quit the drugs and went to church that morning with his mother and his brother. I was so happy about this. It was what I needed to hear and I felt so much better. We got off the phone and I was feeling much better, thinking that maybe I'd helped him to stop or at least opened his eyes a little, that if he kept going that way he would end up dead. The doorbell rang. I opened my door and saw a friend of mine and my boyfriend's. I saw the look on her face and just started crying and asked what happened. She said her sister Joy had passed away. She too was on drugs, but was also very ill with some disease that has gone from my mind at this time, and she outlived the doctor's timelines by years. I just broke at this point, and my boyfriend looked at me and couldn't believe it. My dream was real. He knew it right then. I thought that I was in some weird world at that moment. I wasn't sure what was going on. I just said, I got the wrong one. I didn't see Joy's face. I saw Bob's. It was in the springtime when this took place. It was raining. And this day I woke up on hyper alert mode. I was really sensitive this morning. I told my boyfriend that he needed to wait 30 minutes before he left for work because something bad was going to happen. 
He stood there looking at me like a deer in headlights. He said, why? I told him that I felt something was wrong and if he left now, he would die. He was startled at the words that came out of my mouth and he sat down and waited that 30 minutes. When he left, he told me the route he was taking to his job site. I kissed him goodbye and told him it was okay now and that he would be safe. Now I was sitting watching the news and my phone rang. I was hesitant to answer because last time I got the wrong person in my dream but I answered anyway. It was my boyfriend telling me that there was a huge fatal accident that was in front of him and he missed being in it due to me. I was so glad I got it right this time. I told him that my feelings were normal now that he was good. He came home that day and gave me the biggest hug. The news had just done a breaking news in the segment that was talking about the accident and all the fatalities. I had thought I was just going through something hormonal. It was Thanksgiving in 2001. My new boyfriend, now husband, and I, and all six of our kids, went to his parents' house in Merino Valley for dinner. We got there and my husband's sister, Jo, was there with her husband and two boys. We were having a great time, and with having your old family and also having your spouse's family, you tend to do half a day with both families. So with that, Joe and her family had to leave and travel about two hours to his parents' house. My husband and I had a friend with us and he needed to go home. So we left our kids at the grandparents' house and jumped in the truck to take him home. All of a sudden, I just had this awful feeling in my gut and my husband looked at me and asked what was wrong. I told him I wasn't sure, but I know something bad had just happened. I almost panicked and he talked me through the breathing process and calmed me enough to not scare our friend. As soon as we said our goodbyes, I looked and told my husband to hurry back to his parents' house. I had told him about my encounters with my feelings, so I knew I wasn't messing around. We pulled into the driveway at his parents' house, and my oldest daughter came running out of the house first, screaming and crying. My husband and I stared at each other, and he tells me, do not mention this to my mom ever. Then all the kids started to pour out of the house. By this time, we both knew something really bad had happened. We went in and talked to his dad, and he said Joe and her family were just in a horrific car accident with a drunk driver. Joe's husband had been driving, and when they got hit by the drunk driver, things went terribly wrong. The control of the vehicle was no longer, and they were thrown out, and one of the kids went through the windshield with their dad. They were life-flighted to two separate hospitals. We went to where Joe and the oldest boy went. We found out that Joe's neck was broken and that the doctors couldn't understand how she survived. Her neck was hanging on by a thread. Her eldest boy also had a broken neck along with a broken arm. The feelings I had in this particular hospital were gut-wrenching to say the least. I had seen many shadows and felt the feeling of dread. I know it sounds weird, but I felt so much in that hospital. I felt exhausted as soon as we left and went to the other hospital. The dad had two broken arms and a bunch of bumps and bruises, otherwise pretty okay for what happened to them. The youngest boy about severed his arm in the accident, he got hundreds of stitches. But I never felt anything like I did at the other hospital, thankfully. My husband and I talk about it every once in a while. We laugh at it, and then chalk it up to me having a unique gift from God. I don't get many of these feelings as much anymore. I see a lot of shadows, especially at work. Oh, 
Holy moly. Don, if I was your wife, I think every time I was leaving the house, I'd be like, how you feeling? You okay? All good? Yeah, okay, I can leave the house. Cool. What an amazing gift. And I think with the amount of people that send in stories that are similar to this, stories of people who have terrible feelings about something and then something happens or stories of people who sense that somebody belonging to them is hurt. I I, I just think there there is something in it, you know. Now, Don, I'm going to say something and I just want to assure you that I'm not comparing you to an animal in the animal community. Dogs, for example, dogs that are trained to detect seizures, dogs that are trained to detect people having PTSD episodes or flashbacks. They detect the most teeny, teeny, tiny, minuscule changes in that person or even in the environment. Animals will behave differently when there's going to be a natural disaster, for example. So living beings that aren't human clearly have the ability to sense these teeny tiny changes in the atmosphere prior to a big event. Is it possible that some humans also possess something similar? That they can sense that something is going to happen before it happens or they can sense that something is happening as it's happening because of changes in the environment, etc. Again, I might be sitting here with my microscope out, with my lab coat on, but I'm no scientist. I'm only masquerading as a scientist. So as fellow paranormal scientists, you can extrapolate from that whatever you will. I can tell you, though, that I would be using Don as a barometer for everything, for every every person. I'd nearly be carrying you into a room in front of me like a human shield, being like, right, sense the room. Everybody OK in here? Everything OK in here? Right. Yeah, we're good to go. And story number two comes from Lindsay. Since I was a child, I always had a love and interest in the paranormal. Ghosts intrigued me and frightened me. But I had this gift to feel things. I could always feel when something or someone was near. Getting older, I became an empath and assume everyone's emotions around me. That can be incredibly frustrating. I always had a strong bond with my grandmother, Isabel. She essentially raised me as my mother, a single mom, had to work. Graham was my best friend, my confidant, my everything. On my 18th birthday, she passed away and I was heartbroken. Fast forward 19 years. I was pregnant with my daughter, who I was naming Isabel in Graham's honour. About two weeks before giving birth, I had a dream where Graham came to me. Graham was holding my baby Isabel, letting me know that she was always watching over and asked me, Do you want to see what your baby is going to look like? I said, of course. And then I woke up. I know it was her, I know she came to me, and it brings me great comfort to know that Graham is always with us, both myself and her great-granddaughter, Isabel. The next experience happened to me when I was around 19 years old, though I remember it like it was yesterday. Myself and my friends were living historians, aka reenactors of the American Civil War, Normally, at the events, the boys would go and play guns by reenacting battles, while myself and my female friends would walk the merchants or check out the grassy areas to have a picnic, whatever, while wearing our hoop skirts and our historically accurate period dresses. On this occasion, we went to Fort Delaware, 
located on Peapatch Island off of Delaware City in Delaware. This is a historic fort on an island surrounded by water. The fort is located in the centre of the island and has a moat around it. Once you cross the drawbridge, there is a stone tunnel with stairways on both sides. And if you continue walking straight ahead, there is a grassy area in the centre of the fort where demonstrations are held. This was a prison during the American Civil War. In the main fort was where higher ranking prisoners were kept and staff of the fort were there, etc. At this event, in typical fashion, the boys went to play guns and myself and my female friend meandered the halls of the fort to see some museum displays that they had set up. Upon entering the one display room, my friend and I noticed a Confederate soldier. I can still make out his features clearly. He was young, I would say late teens, early twenties, attractive and looked tired. Something was off about him. He looked at us both, tipped his military hat, smiled, turned and walked away into another room. My friend, being the horny teenager that she was, turned to me and said, Oh my God, he's hot. Let's follow him and get his number. I sighed and went along with her plan. In hot pursuit, we followed him out into the only room located in the direction he was travelling. Only one way in and one way out. And he was gone. Puzzled, we walked through every room in the museum area and nothing. Where did he go? We couldn't have jumped out a window. Defeated, we walked downstairs and out to the common area to be greeted by tour guides, where we shared our story with my friend blushing. And they snickered and said, Oh, you met our resident ghost. Don't take it personally, he's just really friendly. From that day on, I made fun of my friend saying that she hits on ghosts. We love a story of a loved one coming back. Oh, it's, it's so lovely to think that they are still looking out for us in the afterlife, whatever that might mean, and that they have the power to come back every so often and say, hey, I'm still here. I'm going to be looking after you. I'm going to be looking after your daughter. I'm really proud of you, whatever it is, and that it gives people closure. I think it's so lovely and so important. And I don't really think it's important you know, what you believe in religiously, whether you believe in, you know, what religion you subscribe to, whether you don't subscribe to a religion, whether, you know, whatever, whatever it is. I think if you can take comfort in these dreams about loved ones coming back, I think that's really important. I have never been to a reenactment event in my life. Never, never, never. I think they're really fascinating. I think they're quite a big thing here in England too. I don't think there's something that is done in Ireland. As far as I know, I don't think there's something that is done in Ireland at all. Um, And I just think they are fascinating. And again, at the risk of sounding like a paranormal investigator on TV, which I'm sounding more and more like every single week, I realise. Is it possible that people reenacting being dressed up in that period dress, etc, etc. Bit of of trigger objects for for spirits or energies to come through. I cannot believe I just said that sentence. Can't believe I just said that sentence. I, I'm, I sound like Zach Bagans. And at least you know, at least, you know, at least that, that ghost soldier knows that he's hot in the afterlife. That's always something, you know. Let me tell you, there is a very dodgy self-published Amazon novel about a love story between 
a ghost soldier and a woman to be written here. Lindsay, get writing, please. Thank you so much for tuning into today's episode. Thank you to Don and Lindsay for sending in your stories. Remember, the last story came from October the 14th, 2022. And if you would like to send in your story, you can email it to reallifeghoststoriespodcast.gmail.com. You can also check out the website reallifeghoststoriespodcast.com. And if you are desperate for some extra content, you can sign up to Patreon. That is patreon.com forward slash stories, where for $5 a month or $2 a month, you get access to heaps of extra content, as well as every single main and mini episode completely ad-free. And on that note... I shall see you next time.